Welcome to Know Your Risk and Insurance Coverage with Risk ProNet, where we will discuss all things insurance for you and your company. Risk ProNet is a network of independent agencies who offer specialized insurance across business sectors. Regardless of where you are in your insurance journey, we want to invite you to join us to think about insurance differently. Know your risk and insurance coverage with Risk ProNet provides answers to all your insurance questions. Well, welcome to Know Your Insurance with Risk ProNet. And today we're going to talk to John and Clay from W3 Insurance in the Tampa Bay, St. Petersburg area. And what we're most excited about talking with these two guys today is they're the most recent member to join Risk ProNet. And to get started, I'd just like to ask John, who happens to be the president and a shareholder, obviously, at W3. Hey, John, why were you interested in a group like Risk ProNet? So we're, as you said, we're based in Tampa and St. Petersburg, and we do a lot of business in the Florida marketplace. But things continue to evolve and grow, and it's so important to us to have relationships that can help serve our clients across the country, um, help us with scale, help us with market knowledge, help us with everything that we need to compete with the ever-growing, increasing aggregators because what we really want is to continue to remain independently owned. Um, and so partnerships like this are going to help us meet our needs of our clients and our internal employees long-term. Yeah, good. That's, I think, I think all members share that same, that same commitment. And Clay, Clay, you were able to attend our last meeting in, in Phoenix, I believe. And I think you came away with a pretty good impression. Can you share with us what did you like about that meeting and what did you learn? Absolutely. You know, uh, you know, I've been a part of, uh, you know, a few networking groups or advisory boards and, you know, some are good and, and, and some are great. And, you know, but I, I went with, you know, eyes wide open. And I think I remember sitting around the uh, the way the tables were set up. It was a group setting. And I would say within the first three minutes of listening to, you know, people t- and talk about their issues. And you're sitting with a group of people that are like minded, that are having the same issues that you're having. You know, that was uh, refreshing to hear, not the refreshing to hear people having problems, but to hear people having the same issues that you're having. And then hearing people talk about solutions that they've been trying and things that have worked and things that haven't worked. Um, to me, that, that, was, that was very refreshing. Yeah, I would agree that I think the sharing of information and talking about issues across the United States where you're able to hear someone else's perspective or see that they're facing the same thing and get some advice is, was um, unparalleled for what we're able to do. You mentioned being able to, or get, just getting started. I want to share for everybody, W3's joined and they're also, also participating quite nicely and contributing to our construction practice group and some other focus groups as well. So um, in terms of joining and stepping right in and getting something out of it, I feel like you guys have done a great job. Is there any, anything you'd tell someone who's thinking about joining Risk ProNet on why they should do it? I would tell them, uh, obviously, to join. I mean, just using you as an example, Chip, I mean, I've reached out to you twice on, you know, some things that you've been able to add value, add to. And, you know, being a new member, you were willing to jump right in and connect me with people. And even in one instance, connect me with somebody with another agency within the group. Um, so that speaks volumes to the inclusion that you guys have and the, the welcomeness that you have had to a new member. I think what I like about it so much is that someone in our group can solve your problem. Right. And, and, and everyone is willing to help out and give you an answer and point you in the right direction. And so it's been super beneficial for us. And I'm glad you guys are finding it beneficial so far. And we're, we're really glad to have you part of the group. And I know 
we have a lot to learn from you. So we're glad to have you here. Yeah, we're, we're glad to be a part of the group. So, John, you're president here of, uh, as you said, a large regional independent brokerage firm. I know W3 has been in the area or been in existence for 97 years since 1925. So that's a lot of tradition and a lot of change. And you mentioned you're kind of niche focused. Is there other things about W3 uh, you'd like people to know? Well, I mean, we cover everything. We're multi-channel. We have, uh, and commercial insurance is our largest uh, revenue stream, represents probably about 50% of the income today, followed um, by employee benefits. That is um, significantly uh, large in the marketplace. We have one of the largest employee benefits books in the um, Tampa Bay market. And then we also do a lot of uh, personal lines and recreational marine. Um, And for any insurance agent that hasn't had to deal with Florida, um, I'm sorry when you do. It's a very challenging marketplace for uh, homeowners insurance. Yeah, we're getting a little bit of that with our wildfire. I was going to not get too uh, off topic here, but at least you have stable power, right? You could come out to California right now where this week we just happen to be rotating our power off and on because we can't supply enough to keep people's homes cool. So uh, I think that's good. Hey, so why W3 though? So what's, what's your, what are you guys passionate about? I tell you, we have a, a long history, the last 20 plus years of we really in our marketplace changed the value model or, or the, the distribution model of insurance, got away from quoting and started focusing on, on the value added. What do we do from a risk services for a compliance model? So for almost 25 years, we've been very focused on what do we do in addition to the client besides brokering services? Um, that's in our uh, genes. Um, that is how we wanted to differentiate ourselves in the marketplace. So we feel like we are leaders in that and not followers, and we have a head start on most of our peers. How was the transition with your clients when you went to a value-added platform and you used the opportunity to say, hey, we're not going to quote any longer, right? We want to be selected to broker your business because we're bringing value. What was the response from your clients when you started to shift that model? I find that clients are so often... Um, it's Groundhog Day for them, right? They have all these expectations from all these generational years of buying insurance, and sometimes change is hard. Uh, for a lot of them, they couldn't believe that we were going to do it for no charge, right? And so they, they just couldn't understand the concept. Where's where, When are you going to show the fee down, right? They were just waiting for it. And the way we kind of explained it to them is that most of our peers had armies of, of uh, quoting machines behind the office, you know, marketing people. And so they were spending a few hundred thousand dollars a year just to quote and have a hit ratio of 20%. And so if we were going to have one fourth of the volume, but higher uh, uh, margin, higher hit ratios, we were able to take those dollars and redeploy them into things that made them better, um, better risks, better for their own company. They were becoming a better selection for whether it was employee benefits or it was a PNC, a better risk. So it was really a win-win, but you're right. It it was uh, hard for a while to convince people to do that, um, but it was a lot more fun. Um, we always like to win, right? And so we were winning better with a higher hit ratio and, and making our clients better. Yeah, I like that approach. I think a lot of the members in Risk ProNet have the same approach. Matter of fact, I think all of us do, and I, I do believe it makes a difference. I do think it changes the dynamics with your clients and starts to position you in that light that you want to be viewed in, right? Because it's more than just brokering a policy. Right. How do you how do you add efficiency to a business that decides to work with W3 as opposed to somebody else, knowing it's always going to be insurance has always been a relationship business. But but Clay, maybe you can talk about why clients like to hire you. I mean, is there something that you 
advocate within the groups that you're involved in in terms of the treatment of your clients and why it's important to do it that way? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, for, for me, so one of, one of my one of my niches would be uh, alternative risk financing, you know, so where your companies are, they're taking more risk than they would be in a traditional, you know, guaranteed cost program. And it comes back down to the the risk services that we have as an agency, you know, and I think, you know, behind every insurance policy, there's a, there's a promise, right? A promise that if something happens, you're going to come through. And it's even more so and important to us to be able to follow through on that promise when somebody decides to go into, you know, an alternative risk financing and take take risk um, and to be able to, to have that promise that, you know, you're going to be there and that you're going to make them a better risk and show them why, you know, that program is right for them. You know, it goes back to education, you know, just being an educator and educating the insured to help them make the, the best decision for them. Yeah, well, I think that's powerful. You talk about alternative risk, and I know that's one area in the industry where Things are changing, right? And there's there's more and more availability to clients. I always use the example that knowledge is dropping power down, right, to the clients, right? All of a sudden, there's more. They're aware of more options that are available for them. They want to see how they can continue to work on the direct cost side of this equation. Are you doing anything seminars, or what are you doing to promote alternative financing options for people that qualify? You know, I think one of the, one of the things we do first is it goes back to the education is really understanding, you know, what's what's driving their total cost of risk. You know, what what claims, you know, we do that through through trending analysis to really dig in and peel the onion back to find out what's what's making them a good risk. If, if there already are a good risk or if they're having claims issues, what's driving those claims so then we can develop a program and be proactive in changing their risk behavior. So what's the future look like for W3? What would you guys like to continue to do in, in terms of growth or niches or anything along those lines? I know you mentioned you have some focus in social service and construction. I'd love to hear about the construction market and see if it relates to what we're hearing across the rest of the United States, what your thoughts are on that, OSIPs and RAPs, as well as uh, other areas you might be growing in. So there's some areas you just bring up where, again, historically, we're a casualty agency, and so we've, we've written construction um, very well and had some good markets that have been peer, or, uh, partners with us. But where we have not been uh, successful in the past is OSIPs, CSIPs, surety really. You know, so we first, we brought in a surety producer about five years ago um, and kind of have our toe in the water. We see a lot more opportunity there for us to expose um, and as well as the OSIPs and CSIPs. So that's a lot of stuff in, within RiskProNet that we're hoping that some of the other peers and partners are going to be able to bring that to us because we feel like there's a lot of opportunity that we've not um, uh, exposed uh, or capitalized upon uh, that we're hoping to do in the future. For sure. How are you guys doing with the staffing? Is the uh, same story as everywhere else right now? How are, how's, how's staffing affecting the agency? It's tough. You know, I, I think that what, what we've done, though, and we're starting to see some of the returns of that is about four years ago, you know, we, we were at a at a good size, we had over 100 employees, and we decided that we were going to invest um, more heavily in growing our own talent. Um, and so we created what was called our shared services team, and we're we're hiring about four to eight people in that a year. Um, we've graduated most of them; they've gone into personal lines, they've gone into commercial lines, they've gone into employee benefits. Uh, you know, they're the future of the organization. So we're we're being very successful in that. Our next year, um, we're, we're going to be focusing on career development and making sure that those employees really have a long-term vision of where their place is in this organization 
and that we really spend the time to develop them, to make them ready um, because doors will sometimes open when they're planned and sometimes doors open when they're unplanned, right? And so we want to be ready totally. and we want to make sure they're ready for those opportunities when they, when they happen. Sounds like you, uh, maybe it seems like you're saying that you're pretty conscientious about what the current workforce wants out of an employer in terms of a career path and what am I here for? And are you purposely addressing those things with the program design you just mentioned? Are those some of the rationale behind it? 100%. I mean, we do, we do uh, employee surveys twice a year. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of what we do is either just the, the gut feeling of what we hear and what we see with our staff, but some of it comes right out of that. Um, and, you know, just recognizing what the employee today and that generation is expecting and needing and wanting and trying to pivot and make sure that we're focused on them. Yeah, I think that's super important. I know we've spent a lot of time talking about it. And, and Clay, when we were talking in Scottsdale, you gave some pretty good examples about just how you handle your clients and your thoughts on service and what's important to take care of people. you have any thoughts on you know, why someone wants to hire you or a producer from W3? You know, I, I think one of the biggest things is being a student of the, of the industry, you know, knowing the industry, you know, it's like you said, you said a, a few minutes ago is that, you know, this is a relationship business. And while, yes, the relationship is important, is that I think, you know, buyers are looking for someone that's going to, yes, you know, be able to develop a good relationship, but also be a student of the industry and be able to really dig in and help them and help them figure out why things are going on and what things can they implement to make them, you know, back to kind of the alternative risk, what can make them a better risk, you know, and putting it in terms where they understand it. Um, and they, they believe who they're doing business with, you know, yeah. and, and they see you as an advisor, you know, it's like a, my clients will call me all the time and ask me questions that are unrelated to insurance, but, you know, questions just from a business perspective. And when they do that, you can tell that they, they generally, you know, they value the relationship beyond just the, the insurance that you're brokering for them. I agree. That's the Holy grail, right? And that's when it's fun, right? I think, and I think that's why we, I think that's why most of us exist, right? Is to really be helpful, when someone has a question, it's not, uh, I always think placing a policy is the easiest thing that we do, right? And um, I also believe that the days of just because you're in rotary with someone are kind of gone the, are going on the wayside as well because people need expertise and there's a lot of smart people running these businesses and a lot of smart business people that recognize they can have something different and they expect something different. Yeah, and they, and they, and they value the relationship. Yeah, yeah. So what's going on in the construction market? You mentioned, uh, is there a lot of explosion, uh, multifamily housing? What's going on in St. Pete? Where, what's, the, what's the economy like right now for you guys? I mean, it's, it's good. It's staying strong. Uh, you know, I, I, I did a, I called the tour of Florida where I go all the way down 75 and cut across the state and go back up 95 and everywhere from St. Pete to Naples to Miami to West Palm Beach to uh, Vero Beach, everywhere you look, there's just construction, you know, whether it be residential, commercial, industrial, and it's continuing. Um, you know, we're knock on wood, hopefully it stays, you know, and I mean, more and more people are moving to Florida, which drives all of that. So as long as that continues, I think we'll continue to see pretty strong construction growth in, in the state of Florida. For the yeah. most of the clients that we talk to, they still have a good pipeline of 12 to 18 months of backlog. Um, so we don't see anything changing, um, at least in 2023, but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in 2024. Yeah. We're kind of hearing the same things out here. And I think other members are saying the same thing. So it's, it's kind of encouraging. 
what kind of issues are your clients having? Is it still just the supply chain issues and, and staffing issues? Are there other things that your clients are letting you know right now that they're worried about? Uh, has the cyber taken off? Has that been a concern for people? Are there any insurance industry issues you've noticed with your clients or as an agency that you're addressing now that you may have not done in the past? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're st- you know, unfortunately in Florida, we're still seeing a lot of the same issues. I mean, auto is a big driver of, of what's problematic uh, within the industry. Uh, you know, we're, we're seeing more and more of our clients that are going to, you know, not only telematics, which has been in the marketplace for 10 to 12 years, but we're starting to see the artificial intelligence of cameras being put inside cab, uh, inside the cab of the truck or the car. You know, not only to just to protect the, you know, the insurer, but also to protect the driver, you know, on a you know, specific situation of like an adverse liability claim that where, you know, our driver had, you know, wasn't liable, but the other driver saying they were, and now we've got it on film and we've been able to show, you know, claims adjusters that, Hey, it, it was not our driver's fault. You know, it clearly was the other driver, you know, but, but auto in Florida continues to be problematic. I mean, rates have continued to go up and it's uh, unfortunately given the litigious environment that we live in. Yeah, well, that's universal right now, too. What about technology going forward, John? Are you, as an agency, what are you thinking about uh, technology, insure tech, or incorporating technology into your platform? Well, we adopted, uh, like, Indio um, before a lot of other people did. I I think our technology today is still, um, it's got a long way to go. You know, we're uh, we're Epic Applied. Um, we, we actually converted them in 2011, um, so we've been a long time, but we're still prem, on-prem. We're not in the cloud. I don't know if 2023 is going to be the year that we're going to make the turn, but there's a lot between the CRM, between the client experience. We kind of still feel like we have a long way to go to make some challenges or some changes, but that is the vision, at least. The vision is, is that we want to have our technology positioned in a way that doing business with us, with our clients is easy, but you know, it's, it's, it's easy to have the vision. It's hard to pull it all together. There's so many vendors, it keeps changing. Um, and none of them really have the, the, the perfect solution out there yet. And I think that's why risk pro net has been so important to us again, to, to be in a room with like kind minded people that, you know, maybe tried a different technology solution and, and, you know, they're able to stand up and say, Hey, it, that worked and here's why it worked or maybe it didn't work and here's why it didn't work. Yeah, I would agree, right? We've, uh, everyone in there's tried one of the things or thought it was going to work out. I saw where, you know, the expenditure of, on technology or infrastructure technology by agencies is just, you know, growing at a pretty good clip each year, right? And what we need to do to make it easy because so much, all the technology that our clients expect is coming from other industries, right? That they get used to working with. So, you know, just, just in the explosion of texting as an example, relative to what it used to be two years ago. I have people that are 75 years old texting now, right? Or doing Zoom meetings. They never could have done that before in the past, right? So it's, it's hard to capture all of it. I don't know where the answer is going to be. It's too bad that the systems are so, what appear to be dispirited, you know, desperate or whatever the word is, and not be able to use those, right? They're not, no common language. Agreed. So what do you think, what do you, th- what do you think the biggest uh, hindrance to keep moving forward in what your growth is? Or is what's, what are any headwinds you think you might, got, you guys might be up against going forward? Um, I mean, the number one challenge is the one everybody's doing right now is just the people. You know, we, I think that's the thing that slows us down. If we could have 10, 15% more people, especially in the service world, we could continue to grow this company at uh, double digits. So that's a solution that, you know, I feel like we have in the works. 
Um, that's why we've invested so much in our shared services team. But it doesn't happen overnight. This is a people no. business, right? And so that's where the big investment is, is in our people. Tell me about that, that process. So on the shared services, how much effort, John, of your individual time are you putting into that, driving that happen? Are you, are you outlining the vision and then having others executed? Or are your fingerprints on it? So it was my it was my uh, my vision, um, but okay. you know I've got uh, two two people, um, one very senior and uh, somebody else that are in it every single day. Um, but it is a it is a village effort. Like I said, the career development is that I think that we've done a very very good job of identifying and finding the young talent and putting them in there. But once we get them out there, that's where there's a little bit of a gap right now, and we get them to the next. Um, into the new divisions, right? Commercial, EBPL, where there needs to be more of an investment. So other than my time in the, you know, seeing the bigger picture and the strategy, um, it's being handled by about a team of five different people that have to execute it. Okay. What are some of the leading indicators that you pay attention to, to make sure things are on track? Uh, Well, one of them I mentioned is doing the surveys, right? So if we're going to start with the people, kind of get in a sense to where we're at internally. The other indicators are, is, you know, we, we have a, um, a metric and a benchmark system with our financials that we watch every month that help us kind of tell us what are the trends, what's going on. Fortunately, this year, you know, we're, we're getting a lot of headwind, um, whether it's rate, whether exposure, and whether it's audits. Um, that's really trying to help, it's really helping propel the agency um, financially. But being careful with that and not getting too excited about it because that's something that can flip and turn on you um, pretty quickly, right? And then the last totally. one is, is talking to our clients. Like Clay said, you know, we've got clients that are surveyors, right? And as long as they're growing and they're adding payroll, that means that land's being developed. Uh, the, the other ones that are plowing the dirt, you know, for the new homes, uh, the, the surety bonds, right? What's going on? So there's a lot of things that we can look at that give us an idea whether the business is going to continue to flourish the way it is or whether we've got some uh, headwinds um, coming our way um, that are going to uh, cause us to have to make some changes internally. Have you started surveying your clients by any chance? Have you thought about asking your clients their impression of working with W3? We, um, we added something to our um, emails. And so there's an opportunity for every single person to, to rate on a kind of a net promoter score with our staff. So we started this year. Um, there's a tool that we, that I'm interested in, but we haven't put in place yet called rocket referral. Um, that ties in with, uh, applied. So we haven't done that yet, but yes, we are trying to do surveys at least on, again, the, the net promoter score. And we do do from time to time surveys to clients, whether there are employee benefits to kind of have an idea of, you know, what are, what's our service delivery? What are we doing? What do we need to be doing differently? So if I'm looking to find W3, big social media presence, uh, website, what, how do people find you besides the brokers going out? What do you, and are you guys active in the community with philanthropy and those types of things? So we, we do two things. One, because uh, we do a lot of social services, um, we, can, we contribute a good amount of our budget every year to supporting those philanthropies. That's one thing that we do. Um, the other side of it is we have our own internal committee that we call our Community Involvement Committee. Um, that allows our employees to help bring their passions, right? What do they enjoy um, with our resources and our funds to help um, make sure that they're taking care of what helps them, you know, their, their why. What are, what are they here to help promote internally for themselves? 
Yeah, that's isn't that interesting now that that's something for the generation of workers that's really important, that they see the organization as giving back and they have a say in it. So uh, commendable that you're taking that approach. So what do you guys like to do for fun? Clay, how about you? What do you like to do for fun? Tell us what uh, well, day in the life of having some fun looks like. I have four kids, so a lot of my fun is spent with my family, which is very important to me. And uh, got a boat a few years ago. So boating has been a uh, big hot topic in our household. And uh, kids, kids love to go on the boat. Wife loves to go on the boat. And we got beautiful water here in Florida. So uh, a lot of our weekends are spent on the water. And that's all uh, obviously in the ocean. And, and so can you get too far out where you get worried about being too far out in the boat? Or what's the situation? Or is it, or is it inside the bay that it's pretty calm? I have no idea. Yeah, what's no, that it can get pretty dicey anywhere. Uh, really, I mean, in, in Florida, it's just knowing the weather. And uh, thank God for technology because you can watch the radar and you kind of see what's going on. But even even with technology, you know, the summer storms will pop up and and it's not on the radar until it's on the radar. And sometimes it's too late. So it, it definitely can get a little bit dicey, but but it's fun. It's a good way to spend good family fun. Yeah, good for you. I always say that make it fun. Then they like sticking around. They'll bring their friends around. They'll always come to your boat instead of going somewhere else. That's uh, that's our exact one, thoughts. And showing showing them my, why they want to come back here and live one day if they do leave and go wave to school. Why they want to come back so we can we get right. them back someday. All right, and John, how about yourself? So I mean, I, I don't have four kids. Fortunately for me, you know, my, I can retire <laughs> before Clay. Uh, I got two. I got my mine are both, uh, you know, middle ages right now, thirteen and eleven, and so it's a lot of stuff with them. Soccer fields, um, boating. Uh, we take them to North Carolina every year. A lot of we're, we're very much in the outdoors and teaching our kids to do as many things as they can outdoors and um, get out of get off the screens. Um, so whatever we can do to do that. Well, I would agree with both of them. That's great. Well, you guys, we we're all so glad to have you part of Risk ProNet going forward and your contribution already. And just look forward to more people getting to know you and supporting one another as we try and continue to grow this place and grow our firm. So anything else you'd like to say about W3? No, just that, uh, you know, just to reconfirm that we're, we're super uh, excited about the relationship with, uh, with Risk ProNet and look forward to uh, the continued success with them. So Clay, if I'm a business owner and I'm looking to have a different relationship because something has changed in my world, why am I looking over to W3? Uh, Chip, that's a great, that's a great question. You know, I had a, uh, had a new business meeting last week uh, with a prospect and, um, and, and brought that same question up to him. Um, and, you know, he asked me, you know, why, why W3? And I was able to relate W3 as being an independently owned agency back to, back to his company. And relate it back to him, you know, in his independently owned company. You know, the agency that he's doing business with right now is, is they're a publicly traded company, you know, and, and, you know, him asking some questions related to our independence and being able to put it back on him to, you know, why we do what we do and what makes us different and who are our stakeholders. You know, our stakeholders are our employees, you know, and, and I'm working to make sure that I'm, that I'm doing what's best, not only for my clients, but what I'm, that what's best for the employees of our agency. You know, I'm not worried about, you know, the Wall Street and what Wall Street thinks about our company. I'm worried about the people that I look at every day when I come to work. And I think that's that's when you can relate that to back to someone's business. You know, it helps them understand why they want to do business with you. Yeah, that's a pretty good why. Right. I, I appreciate that answer because I think that's the why that most small business owners have as well. 
And it gets lost, and it especially gets lost in our industry right now with the propensity of these nationwide or aggregator firms that continue to get larger and larger and move their account minimum sizes up higher and higher. And yet the value of doing business with someone local who knows your business can provide the value out of resources, keep the money in the economy, the local economy goes a long ways. John, you mentioned some thoughts too about the importance of being local or uh, employee-owned and perpetuating it. You want to share those a little bit as well? Well, I mean, like Clay said, I mean, at the end of the day, we have a vested interest in whether that account, um, every single one of our customers stays or goes. And I think that's a culture that is very important to us and one that we want to hold on to, but it should be important to all of the people that do business with us. This is the accountability. That's one of our core values. And I just think that that, has, that resonates more and should be more important to that buyer of insurance um, than dealing with a um, larger aggregator. Yeah, I think it's a good message for our staff to continue to repeat right there. People forget that because they get so hung up on the problem they want to solve. But if they can step back and recognize there are some bigger things at play and some value for staying with a firm like W3, it goes a long way. So thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Know Your Risk and Insurance Coverage with Risk Pronet. For more information about Risk Pronet, please visit our website. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter for insurance insights. From everyone at Risk Pronet, we want to say thank you for tuning in and see you next time.